94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. I'm Esme here with Real Deal Read and uh, good morning. Uh, Kumu Kokua, this is where we bring in Hawaii's leaders and experts to talk about the issues that you care about, especially mm-hmm. during the COVID-19 crisis. This morning, we have a COVID-19 survivor, uh, someone who has been through a serious case of COVID-19. And uh, she is, what makes this story particularly remarkable. Now, while every COVID-19 survivor has an important story to tell, um, our guest this morning is Kama Aina. She's Uh from here and she's in her 30s. Which is really amazing because people talk about people in their 30s. Um, so a lot of people erroneously believe mm-hmm. you can't get seriously sick. Mm-hmm. So this morning, we welcome to the show uh, Sarah Bolas. Good morning, Sarah. Aloha, kakahiaka. Hello. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Oh, you sound good, and which is such a relief to hear. Oh, my goodness. Um, Sarah, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Okay, so I am, my name is Sarah. I am 35 years old. I live in um, Aliamano area, mm-hmm. Salt Lake. Um, I used to, I, I'm currently unemployed. Uh, I used to work for the Pro Harbor Navy Exchange um, as a customer service manager. I have a 13 year old daughter named Amaya. Yeah, so she's my pride and joy. Oh. And yeah. I'm a COVID survivor. <laughs> you are. And you've had now, from what I understand, a very serious COVID-19 case. Sarah, can you take us to the beginning? How do you think you got COVID-19 and what happened at the start? Oh, okay. You know, when I've, I've talked to many, um, you know, reporters about it and everything, you mm-hmm. know, it's really hard uh, to kind of pinpoint exactly where. Um, I've been to many places. But what I could say is that um, it was somewhere in Waikiki um, during the beginning of the pandemic um, in March, Mm. um, early March. Um, So, you know, I I started to get symptoms probably uh, towards the end of March. Um, I I had a high fever of 104.6. Wow. Um, Well, it first started off with a headache. Um, you know, I was in time shopping and I was complaining to my auntie saying, you know, I have this headache, you know, it, it was just horrible. And so, you know, it followed, it was followed the next day by a, a fever that started with um, it being 102.7, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, it's just probably, you know, maybe a flu or something. I heard about the coronavirus. However, I didn't take it seriously because during that time I wasn't too sure if it was going to surface here in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then I started hearing the cases, Oh, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's been surfacing here. So, you know, I thought to myself, well, um, hopefully uh, this is just a flu and, you know, I haven't heard any cases yet. You know, I'm not, um, too familiar if I heard any cases yet, but, you know, I immediately isolated myself, you know, when you think you got the flu and everything, you, you you know you're you're always aware of your surroundings. Sure. You're with. Plus, you're a mom, so, you know, and you I don't want your yeah you don't <laughs> want your daughter to get sick. Yes. Believe me, it was hard because you know you, you know as a mother you know and you know even as a father you, you just want to smell your child every every morning, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to stop that. <laughs> um, so I went. Um, I had her stay with my um, auntie upstairs. And then so from there, um, the next following day, uh, I started seeing that the fever started to get higher and it, it rose to like 
103.9 and then gradually uh, 104 you know, point three, wow. And then I was like, you know, so, you know, I was like the third day, I believe I went to go to the Honolulu clinic in Kaiser Permanente. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, during that time, it took five days to get your results back. So, you know, I had to wait uh, five days, I think within that five days of waiting for the results, you know, I think like with the second day, um, that's when at night I was, you know, I was talking to my boyfriend, we were just talking story. And then, um, you know, I told him, I was like, I, I got up to get a drink of water and I, and I just could not breathe. I, I just couldn't oh, even wow. barely talk. I told him, you know, I think I'm going to have to call 911. Oh. So, you know, I, I immediately called 911 and um, I tried calling my auntie. Of course, it was kind of late at night. I think it was like almost 12 o'clock. Uh, EMTs came down within like three minutes or so and, you know, um, they asked me, Sarah, could you walk up the stairs? I have like three flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. I got to walk. And I said, oh, you know, me, I'm a fighter. Yeah. So I have to try to do what, my best. So I, I try to walk upstairs and there was just absolutely no way. Um, they had to put the, the breathing mask, mm-hmm. that little mask that they put on um, to help breathe. They pu- immediately put that on. And um, I say within 15 minutes or, or less, I was at the hospital, um, you know, probably within 50 minutes seeing the, the doctors and uh-huh. it just brings me to tears when I think about it. Cause you know, when you're faced with it every single day, you hear the cases, right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so hard, but it brings me back to that moment when that doctor, uh, Dr. Um, Kagata, oh, she's a, such a wonderful doctor. Um, she came in and she's like, you know, we're going to have to sedate you because, you know, your, your breathing is, is really bad and it's, you're required like almost a hundred percent of the oxygen gin that we're providing to you. So oh, wow. at that moment, I just, I, I, I froze and I told myself like, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to wake up. I thought about the people that I knew that, you know, didn't even have COVID or anything like that. I just thought about the people that I knew that had um, induced comas and couldn't, get out pull through and I thought I was gonna literally gonna die um, oh, wow. that moment so I called my family and told them to pray for me and you know I love them so much tell Maya uh, you know I love her I know she's sleeping but you know I'm praying that I can wake up and and pull through but you know I kind of scared my family <laughs> when I was telling them that stuff sure. but you know you never know you want to see your last you know you want to tell them how much you love them mm-hmm especially if you know you don't know if you're going to make it through. So, um, yeah. So, so did they did they sedate you and intubate you immediately? Yeah, they did. Wow. They had to. Uh, you know, I have, you know, diabetes and um, asthma, which, you know, was another, uh, you know, I had underlying issues and, you know, but that doesn't, take away the fact that, you know, anybody could get it, you know, everybody mm-hmm. can get it, right? Depending, it doesn't matter what kind of health, um, you know, state you are in. Sure. But yeah, I was just, um, yeah, I, I was sitting there and then, you know, I, I couldn't even remember. Um, oh, I couldn't remember anything. I just remember, the only thing I remember was the guy telling me, okay, Sarah, um, you're going to go into a deep slumber, okay? And then, like, after he said, okay, I couldn't, I just, like, click, I, I don't, I, I just was knocked out and I couldn't 
hear anything. I just remember dreams. And uh, and now that I like put everybody's story together about how they were incubated and they could, you know, kind of, you're not fully into deep sleep or anything. Mm-hmm. I probably was going through certain phases during that time. I was, you know, sleeping mm-hmm. that I, I remember, you know, seeing doctors in here, here and there. So, um, yeah, I woke up, I would say probably, uh, oh, I always remember I woke up on Easter Sunday. Oh, gosh. How, how, <laughs> yeah, long, yeah, how long? How long were you were you under like that? Uh, it was about three weeks. Yeah. Three. three weeks. So so to clarify, yeah. three weeks, that was a medically induced coma, basically. Yes. So that mm-hmm. they could intubate and I was you. On the ventilator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, for, for three weeks. And the moment I woke up. So when I when you wake up from a coma, it's not it's not just like, oh, you wake up, you mm-hmm. know, you're you're good. You're ready to go. You know, it's nothing like that. I woke up and I, I probably was still hallucinating from all the drugs that they had to administer to me. So being in that state, like I was just, you know, um, I, I couldn't even like um, answer the, the, the doctor's questions. I, I remember them asking me like, Sarah, do you know where you're at? Do you know why you're here? Do you, you know, I thought, at the time, it was 1998. I kept telling them, oh, it's 1998, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's kind of funny, but I think about it. Oh, my goodness. But, you know. Um, yeah, but that's that because of know, all the, the medication that they gave you and you had been under so long. While you were under, what was your family doing all this time while you were under for three weeks? Well, um, you know, the Department of Health was contacting them. Um, they were in touch with... Uh, you know, they were contacting them regarding like how they were feeling and, you know, because what they what they were doing was telling them, you know, at the time, OK, mm-hmm. the time they were telling them, oh, if you have any symptoms, that's when, you know, you come in and you take your test mm-hmm. or whatsoever. Um, and so, you know, they were just, you know, trying to stay healthy, stay at home, stay, you know, exercise and, you know, mm-hmm. drink lots of water. You know, It must have been distressing, though, for them, distressing for them to not be able to come to see you in the hospital. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. How old, how old is your daughter? daughter? It, 13. It oh. was affecting her. She she had a hard time, you know, focusing in school because um, during the time, you know, she's still going to school. And, um, you know, the, the school was well, well aware of what you know, she was going through and what I was, you know, I was in the hospital and everything. Mm -hmm. They just, um, you know, uh, they were just having a really tough time because they, you know, she yearned to see me. She wanted to see me. She even wanted to just hear, you know, her mom's voice and she couldn't even do that. And, you know, they couldn't even, she couldn't even FaceTime or anything with me at all. So was it like a daily check-in uh, they, that they called, like the doctors or somebody called uh, called your family to let to give them updates on on how you were doing? Yes, uh, my sister Janice uh, was the main contact, and what uh, they would contact her, and then also my auntie as well. And so when they contacted them, um, basically everybody who was you know wondering how I was doing, mm-hmm. they were like the the main contact into, you know, letting everybody know. Mm, Okay. And Sarah, I wanted to ask you now, you got sick with COVID-19 very seriously 
pretty early in the period of time when the pandemic started to come to Hawaii. So uh, health experts were still kind of struggling with what are the best therapies? How do we help people with COVID-19? There were lots of mistakes that were made earlier in the pandemic. Do you know what kinds of therapies or treatments they gave you that you were able to emerge out of that? Um, so, you know, the medication, of course, uh, you know, was something that really helped. And, you know, they administered, uh, you know, you know, to particular uh, medication. And for everyone, it's, it's, it's really different. But um, we did a lot of breathing exercises. Until this day, I still do. Uh, I have about 20% scarring on my lungs that, oh, wow. you know, it's going to be hard for any COVID survivor. If they have scarring on their lungs, it's hard to get rid of. So you have to really uh, do your breathing exercise. You know, I had a lot of physical therapy while I was in the hospital because I had to regain my um, muscle mass back. So, you know, when you're in a coma, it's not like you can just up and walk. You have to Mm -hmm. regain your muscle mass. So I had to learn to eat again, to walk again. Basically, I was like a baby all over again, you know. So Mm -hmm. it was really tough. Um, you know, um, I don't know. I wish I had, you know, g- given you guys pictures of me in the hospital. I had, in some cases, it's different, like most people, but I had red, my eyes were like bloodshot red. Why and is that? The cause of that was because the amount of um, air that was pumped into my body and the, the pressure from the ventilator, oh. which caused my eyes to go bloodshot red. You know, I was, so, I was like really scared. That's. You know, it was hard for me to even call my daughter when I finally gained the strength back because that took a while to go away mm-hmm. um, because, you know, how I looked. It was just horrible. Oh. And um, I've just lost the back of my hair, most most of the back of my hair. And, you know, us women, yeah, we love our hair. <laughs> so I had to get extensions to kind of cover that. And so that was another thing that, you know, was a side effect. Did they say that the loss of hair was because of the virus or because you had laid in the bed so long? Was it specifically because of COVID-19? Well, you know, a lot of people that I've spoke with, uh, you know, I get in touch with a lot of COVID survivors and a lot of women have been experiencing loss of hair. So I'm not quite sure if it was just because of that, you know, and a lot of them were not incubated, you know, so, you know, Alyssa Milano, she's one that, you know, she lost her hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, she lost a lot of her hair, you know, and so I don't even think she was incubated at all. Oh, so. wow. Okay. Okay. So but that was pretty much the therapy that, you mm-hmm. know, I got when I was in there, uh, you know, along with the insulin that they had to, you know, uh, for my diabetes, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, yeah, they did a lot of checking up on me though. Um, you know, heart rate, everything. <laughs> yeah. We are talking with COVID-19 survivors, Sarah Bolas of uh, the Salt Lake Aliamanu area. Uh, she is Kama'aina. She is only 35 years old and she had this serious case of COVID-19. So when you emerge from the coma and, I, you know, you have 20% scarring on your lungs, do you feel like people don't generally understand that COVID-19 is something that can cause lasting effects from it? Do you think people don't yeah, always I, understand that? A lot of people don't. I still get a lot of people that reach out to me on my, you know, social media that, you know, tell me, wake up, you know, that's it's there's other things that, you know, that, you know, medicine, of course, is going to, you know, um, help you recover. And they don't believe that, you know, 
there's lasting effects and, you know, if you're healthy, that you can actually overcome this virus. It's just like the flu. It's not like anything. No, it's not. It's not like the flu. Mm. I want everybody to trust the science and, you know, trust our doctors and everything about the importance of wearing a mask and social distancing and staying home, especially when you're sick. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's really tough to see this every day, you know, and so, um, yeah, I believe people don't uh, quite understand. But, you know, it's gotten kind of better. And I and I started to see that. So, yeah. you know, I just want everybody to to understand that it's not like that at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know that for the Department of Health, they just started that campaign like about a week or two ago where they are highlighting short videos with interviews of mm-hmm. survivors, mm-hmm. local Hawaii survivors of serious cases of COVID-19. And one of those, uh, you did one of those videos. You were so mm-hmm. willing. Why is that? You know, I sat in the hospital while I was in, um, you know, while I was trying to recover and I thought about my daughter and mm-hmm. I told myself, I do not want anybody to be put in the same spot as I am right now. So mm-hmm. I told, I pray to God because I'm very religious. I pray to God and I, you know, I told him, you know, what, what, what can I do? What can I help do? You know, and so first thing first was my daughter, right? You know, taking care of my daughter and spending a lot of time with her. The second thing was, you know, I, I just thought to myself, you know, I, I like I said, I don't want it to happen to anyone else. And if I could share my story and help inspire others to not make, you know, the same mistakes during the first pandemic that I did, you Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. um, to be more aware and to help others, too. You know, it's not about ourselves. It's not just about ourselves. It's about other people. And it's about your family. You think about your family. Think about other people. Think about your keikis, your kapunas, everyone. When you're when you're following, mm-hmm. you know um, the state mandates. I have to, you know, build up that courage and say, Sarah, I'm doing this for a purpose, and I, I have to do mm-hmm. this because I don't want anybody to be put in my shoes. Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and and thank you for doing that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Sarah, you said something interesting. You said you're telling your story because you don't want people to make the same mistakes you made. What mistakes mm-hmm. are you referring to? Um, I think that when I just believing that the virus was just a flu. That was a mistake. Mm. I, I should have thought thoroughly, did my research about it before I even, you know, made that assumption. Um, and then, you know, a lot, till this day, a lot of people that haven't um, had a family member experience it or themselves mm-hmm. are still believing that it's still a flu. Oh, that it's know? not, it, yeah, it's not a serious, a serious threat. Yeah, I actually ran into somebody, so, you know. Like that trolling mm-hmm. on one of my one of my family members' um, Instagram pages because they posted something about wearing a mask and they had somebody trolling them saying, "Oh, it's a scam. This isn't real." Yada yeah. yada yada. So I'm glad I'm glad we're getting to talk to you. And you know, for those people out there that still don't believe, that's okay. The only thing uh, we want us COVID survivors and everybody around, you know, that believes, you know, all we want is for you, for everyone just to think about others and to just wear the mask mm-hmm. and to, just to protect yourself. Like if you put it, put it yourself, like if there was something that you knew that could cause your, you to die, would you even think about just not, you know, doing anything or it's not a, a lot of people are saying it's, it's about their freedom and everything. It's, it's not about your freedom. It's about your health. Think about the health of others, not just yourself and your family, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that's why, 
Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> that totally. On about it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. That's a, that's a really important message. Really, really. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're doing our Kumukua interview uh, with Sarah Balas from uh, Salt Lake Aliamanu area. She is a COVID-19 survivor. Um, Sarah, now moving forward, you're in recovery phase, I guess. Are you considered mm-hmm. are you considered an active case or are you considered completely recovered? Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm completely recovered. You know, I've been um, doing uh, some studies with uh, John Burns School of Medicine, mm-hmm. and I've been, um, you know, getting my blood drawn, you know, to check on, you know, for their research for to for COVID-19. And, you know, I, I recently uh, found out, you know, I still have, like, antibodies and everything like that. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm positive or anything because compl- when I got released, actually, when I got released, you know, um, that's when I found out that I was negative. Okay. Okay. That was back in like April. So yeah, I'm not fully recovered because I'll always have, you know, those scars on my lungs, but you know, a lot of COVID um, 19 survivors that I know Mm -hmm. have, have required, you know, like long lasting effects with like, they haven't fully recovered because of, you know, they need the breathing machine to help them breathe and, and so forth. I'm very, very lucky that, you know, I really try to, Push through. I, I told myself I don't want to sit here and just not do anything. You know, mm-hmm. I have to go out there and you know um, walk and and do a lot of walking and just to kind of build you know my stamina and and you know uh, help with my breathing especially. Mm-hmm. I don't smoke. I don't do anything. <laughs> so that's that's a good thing. But you know, um, yeah, that's another you know part of recovery mm-hmm. is just, you know, trying to stay healthy and active. Is there a particular treatment um, that you think was instrumental in your recovery? Like, you know, lots of people talk about, you know, uh, hydroxychloroquine or other, you know, or the uh, azithromycin, various, uh, you know, treatments have been tossed around in media discussion about, you know, possible uh, ways that um, uh, COVID-19 can be addressed, you know, with medication. Was there a particular thing that uh, the doctors told you was really good in uh, helping you to combat COVID-19? Oh, yes. Um, So during the time I I was, um, you know, incubated, I did, I was administered the hydrochloroquine. Oh, hydroxy. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that that saved my, um, my life. It was this drug called um, tocilizumab. And, you know, when I talked to most uh, COVID survivors, they didn't get the same, you know, treatment as I did. I guess it so depends on the patient. Them, yeah. Mm-hmm. It depends. And so... Um, what was that yeah, second one but, that you just named? It was called what? Uh, tos, tocilizumab. What is that? Is that a like a like a steroid or an antibiotic or something? Do you know? Um It's kind of like a steroid, I believe. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I, I just, you know... That was one of them. And then um, doing a lot of the breathing exercise mm. really helped me mm-hmm. pull through while I was in um, in the hospital. Got it. If Got I it. didn't um, do those breathing exercises, I think I, I would probably still be in there. Uh, I'm so glad yeah. to hear that you are recovering. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing mm-hmm. your story. Are you? Do you You're feel welcome. that you are on the road to recovery now for yourself and your family? And, uh, and, and what do you hope to do moving forward now? Well, you know, I am in, um, in a road to recovery. You know, I, I just look forward to, you know, getting out there more and just enjoying um, the island. You know, I haven't had that time. You know, now that I'm unemployed, just 
um, enjoying my time with my family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I know the parks and everything is closed right now, but, you know, there's ways that you can get out there and, you know, and just enjoy uh, the islands. And being alive. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> being alive. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so. good to know that you're also uh, working with the John A. Burns uh, School of Medicine to further mm-hmm. our understanding mm-hmm. of COVID-19, because I think every every patient's case uh, helps us to understand mm-hmm. a little bit more. So, okay. Um, any other yeah. messages or anything that you wanted to, anything additional that you wanted to tell our Kumu listeners? Yeah, I just want to say um, thank you to all the first, you know, responders, all the medical, you mm-hmm. know, the medical staff, doctors and nurses. Thank you for all that you do, risking your lives for, you know, others, you know, when you can be at home and, you know, be with your families. Thank you so much and keep doing what you're doing, you know, as well as all the researchers, all you, the everybody who's reaching out to me, you know, trying to get my story, um, you guys, <laughs> radio stations. <laughs> Uh-huh. Everybody, thank you guys for, for you know, reaching out to me and allowing me to share my story and giving me that opportunity because um, we are we are all in this together. Yeah, we are all in yeah. This good, and good. Just remember, everybody, just to wear a mask, social distance, and stay healthy mm-hmm. and stay with your family. Thank Ooh. you so much for thank telling you, your Sarah. story. Never. We appreciate you. Mahalo. <laughs> Mahalo. Ninety-four-seven Kumu Kokua because Kumu cares. Kumu cares.